On today's show, we have Jackie Johnson Alviza, all the way from Texas, USA. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am super excited. And it's been uh, pretty incredible watching your journey on social media just to see uh, what you've been accomplishing and somehow how you managed to fit it all in. But for those people out there who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about your endurance life. All right. Um, so thank you for even following. That's a huge compliment. I know there's like billions of people in the world. So just even it, it still catches me like off guard when people say like, oh, hey, I saw you on Instagram or if I'm at a race and somebody's like, hey, I know you and I clearly don't know them. They really don't know me. <laughs> and they're like, oh, and I'm, how do I know you? They're Instagram. Oh, what's your handle? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, OK. You know, like it's it's awkward, but I feel like we know each other's handles more than we actually know our real names. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and that's cool yeah. at the same time, isn't it? Because it's <laughs> it like, is. I get to know a cool lady from Texas. And yeah, people exactly. are like, oh, when did you go to Texas? Oh, no, no, I've never been. I know people exactly. all over the world. I've just stayed yeah. home. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's totally cool. It's it, it. I feel like an old lady. Um, I'm almost 40. So catching catching up on the social media game, I just started a couple of years ago. And it, uh, it's actually taken off pretty fast. I went from struggling to break out of 300 followers. So I guess now, um, catching up on 5,000 now. So I'm like, Ooh, awesome. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, actually started in endurance. Let's see. I actually played volleyball in college. Um, and it was after I graduated college and having had this rigorous athletic life of, you know, since you're in younger, like eight, nine years old of playing sports your whole life to you've graduated and what do you do now without having two a day practices and a coach yelling at you all the time and somebody behind you telling you how to eat, when to eat, when you're allowed to drink, you know, what, what to do with your life to I'm an adult and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I knew after having played about 15 years of volleyball that um, I wasn't going to go pro. I wasn't that good. Um, but I also was kind of tired of it and I didn't want to, you know, I tried playing a few catch, a, um, sand volleyball leagues, you know, just walking onto the beach. I was living in Galveston at the time, which is, um, a beach down in, uh, in Texas, Ironman 70.3 Galveston is held there. Um, so some people may know it from that, but I actually lived in Galveston for a few years. That's actually where I met my now husband. Um, and he lived just a couple blocks off the beach. So I would wake up on a Saturday morning, walk outside and just walk down the beach and go play some pickup games um, and realized that I wasn't as into it as I was when I was in college. So I needed something else. So I randomly one day went to the gym and got on a treadmill, had never been on a treadmill in my life before. Cause you know, if you want to go coach has you run, you're outside running outside mm -hmm. or running on the courts or whatever. <clears throat> and um, just got on a treadmill and just started pushing buttons and started running and randomly this girl next to me turned to me and looked and it was this is weird somebody's like staring at me and you know you feel a little so you know self-conscious about it mm. so I kind of like turn and I glance and she's like you're a really good runner and I was like oh thanks girl you know like okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> so I, I went home and told my boyfriend he was not we hadn't been married yet we were still dating and I was like hey this girl said I was a good runner he's like maybe you should start running so that's pretty much how it started. That was, gosh, back in 2002, 2000. Yeah, I think I graduated college Thank in 2002. You. Yeah. Thank you, Jim Girl, for your... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Random. Story. You don't know how you changed my life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So... If you're listening, if you're listening, just... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, um, 
he was like, yeah, just start running. And so I literally just started running. And, um, 2003, I ran my first 5k, a local, local race and kind of liked it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Um, then everything got halted because I had, um, decided to, I wanted to become a PA physician assistant for, um, anybody who doesn't know what that is. I know we kind of briefly talked about that before we started, but, um, ah, that's a, it's about two and a half years of school after, uh, you get a bachelor's degree. Um, it's a master's degree. So, <clears throat> um, I went to PA school for two and a half years, graduated and came out and was like, Hey, I think I want to get back onto that whole running thing. Um, so graduated in 2006 and really started focusing on running in 2006, 2007. So that's when I, I kind of started back with 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon. So ran my first marathon in 2008. Then it's a pretty uh, short turn, turn around time. So you must yeah. have actually like not only like maybe that girl was right. Maybe. Yeah. Was. Well I did. Yeah, I did kind of, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And then, um, a few times I hit the podium and, you know, being brand new to something and it's a lot different endurance sports versus, um, collegiate sports. So when you, you know, you play in as a team and, you know, you play these big tournaments and, you know, you're going for the medal and then you turn around and do something where it's all on you. It's by yourself, something completely different. Um, there's a field of like hundreds of people and only, you know, a handful of positions open you know, whereas in like a college volleyball tournament, you may be playing 20 teams total. And so you have a better mm -hmm. chance of, you know, being the top three versus, you know, running hundreds of thousands of people. And what are the likelihood you're going to actually get a medal? And one of my very first races, I think my first 10K, I actually came in first in my age group. And I was like, wow, this mm -hmm. is like the flutters, the heartbeat. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, man, this is this is cool. Um then I actually, after my very first marathon, got pregnant with my son, and I still ran. I kept running, just staying in shape. I still did um, a half marathon pregnant and was completely devastated when I saw my time, even though, like, logically, medically, I know it's normal to, like, to lose speed and get slower. I was just, like, heartbroken with how slow I had gotten after our, uh, while, <laughs> while I was don't pregnant. You, don't you get to divide it by two? Because, like, when my <laughs> know, wife right? was pregnant, we are like, well, we're eating for two, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, you know, so, yeah, whatever the time was, half it. <laughs> had I had that output, I probably would have felt better about it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but, no, yeah. So, um, after I had my son, I was like, this is it. I'm back into it. I'm going to get get back in shape. And, um, man things do not snap back as fast as you think when you're young. Okay. I, uh, I did my first race after I had my son and was just like, looked at my husband and I was like, when, when am I going to get my speed back? And I, I honestly, in all honesty, thought that was it. Um, I did not have a lot of people to look up to and I didn't know many people who were doing endurance sports. Um, I don't think it was as publicized when I was younger, when I was going through this. Um, and all the people you saw on TV or, you know, read about in magazines, none of them had kids. So I just automatically assumed, oh, this is what happens. Mm, you mm. have a kid and then you retire. <laughs> you all know, you, this, this you hang it up. All the speed. Did he take all the speed? Like you're going to uh, be like watching him walk and he'll just run around <laughs> super fast. You're like, ah, oh, that's exactly. where it Exactly. I was like my little Hercules <laughs> in the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was, I, I just thought this is it. I'm not going to be fast anymore. So what should I do now to keep it interesting? Because, hey, you know, you go from, you know, hitting the podium to 
you know, be in the middle back of the packer. I'm like, that's not fun. I'm a highly competitive person. I've just mm-hmm. played sports my entire life. So I can't do anything in my life without competing. I mean, when I'm swimming, yeah. I'm swimming in the lane. I don't care if there's an 85 year old woman next to me, we're competing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> she mm-hmm. doesn't know it, but it's happening. Yes. Yes. So, um, Carrying so like a little podium thing in the boot. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, um, I, I, you know, Doris, you can hop on the second spot. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I'll, I'll take it to the pool every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my husband at that point was like, Hey, why don't you switch it up? Do something different. You know, let's do this duathlon. He found a local duathlon. Let's just run, bike, run. I was like, Oh, it's kind of fun. Um, and he was actually, my husband's the one who convinced me to, to get into triathlon, you know, mm-hmm. try it. Just, he's like, you know, you're athletic. You're, you're kind of like naturally good athlete. Let's just try it. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I made my way into triathlon. He actually pushed me into it. So that, my first bonus in 2011, it was a complete disaster, a bomb Hiroshima. It was awful. It was uh-huh. ugly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I what guess made it, what made it poor? It was that it was that open water swim. You know, I'm I'm uh, pretty. I'm not by any means like a a good swimmer, but I felt like I was decent. Um, Now, mind you, that's in a swimming pool, and it never occurred to me that I should go to an open body of water and practice before a race. So I had just been like pool swimming, and then went to this um, lake in Houston and did this triathlon and panic, like Mm. right off the bat, like the panic hit. It was actually, ironically, it was on Mother's Day, this race. It's um, a pretty popular one in Houston. It's women only. So I was like, okay, great. I don't have to worry about dudes pushing me underwater. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's women tend to treat each other a little bit differently in races when it's women only. Um, but I, I straight up panicked in the water, flipped on my back, was backstroking. Every time I turned around, more panic would hit. And here I am in this like, lake in Houston, Texas, on my back, just floating, thinking, wow, I'm going to orphan my child on Mother's Day. This is really oh, bad. No. Oh, <laughs> no. oh. It was just like, okay, I was like, I've got to get out of this water. And so I was, any knowledge of any type of form stroke went out the water and I was just like, or just, you know, went out of my mind. It was like, just crawl somehow, get out of this water. Mm, mm. And, and I did, I got on the bike and I'm being a runner, running, you know, I'm, I'm a strong runner. I get off the bike and then run and I was fine. And, um, my husband's like, I don't know what happened. I've watched you swim and you're, you're a strong swimmer and you started great. And then before I knew it, you're on your back. <laughs> mm. I was like, I panicked. I have so doggy I... <laughs> paddled a few times in triathlons and you know, I start off well and then all of a sudden you cop an elbow or someone yeah. swims over the top of you or now you're yeah. crowding around a, a buoy and it's like, yeah. okay, what's going on here? And then you, oh, my heart's beating so fast. I just want to mm-hmm. get back to swimming like I would in the pool. But all of a sudden now my, my heart is like beating so hard I can barely catch a breath and so now I'm doing some survival side stroke backstroke the lifeguards exactly. look at me like, you, you're right there man I'm like yeah yeah, I'm okay. like, yeah don't pull me don't pull me I'm good <laughs> yeah no uh, it was exactly like that um and my husband's like hey let's give it a shot next year let's do it again the exact same thing happened I mean I looked back at my times and it was actually one and a half minutes slower the second time around (laughs) and I was like okay so I mean my husband's always been the one behind me pushing like encouraging me he's like no you know you're we're gonna figure it out we're gonna figure it out 
and uh, he put me in a, or he entered me in a, um, a pool triathlon. So one where it's, you know, you snake around a pool instead of mm-hmm. in an open mm-hmm. body. And I mean, it was definitely better because panic, you just stand up. You're like, okay, okay. I can, mm-hmm. you know, and this one is, you're supposed to seed yourself based off your pace. And, you know, I'm still new at this. So they're walking around and they're like talking to people and like putting people in, you know, lining them up where they should go. And they're like, Hey, how fast can you swim? A 50 and I'm like a 50 what <laughs> what are you talking mm. about mm. and so I just I literally like looked at people and I was like hey they have my body type I'll go stand by them okay. And, okay. <laughs> and swim starts and boom get pushed under boom get pushed under boom get pushed under I'm like so I'm wow. not that fast <laughs> not that fast mm. but uh yeah I got through that one and I just hung it up I was like that's that's it I'm done I'm gonna just go back to running and um went back to running for a few years and didn't probably get back into triathlon, um, until 2014. So I really was like, that's it. Like triathlon's not for me. Let's just, let's just go back to running. And then, um, went was having a barbecue with my family and my husband's cousin had mentioned there's, you know, a local race in Houston that he wanted to do and was like, Hey, why don't you do it with me? And I know you've done triathlons in the past. I was like, Whoa, no, no, it's not for me. Not for me. <laughs> you know, he's like, no, no, no. And I told him what happened. And he was like, well, you didn't open water swim. You know, you need to practice these things. So he really encouraged me to like meet him up after work. There's, um, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky in where I live in Houston. I'm sandwiched between two lakes uh, man-made lakes that are specific for triathletes. Um, oh, and so wow. they, yeah, they actually have the triathlete group or triathlon groups meet there all the time. They also have, um, scuba lessons, um, the SUP, um, yoga, all sorts of things out there. It's specific just for, um, activities. So, mm. um, he, he convinced me to meet him up after work once and was like, okay, let's get out there. Um, and you know, he's like, I'll just, I'll stay right by you. And he's not a strong swimmer either. Um, so we kind of struggled together and then I, you know, I was like, I got to give it a, I'm just that competitive nature in you. Like you don't want to give up and just call it quits. So I stuck it out a few swims and was like, let's do let, Let's do this race and just see. And something clicked that race and I didn't panic. I had a solid swim and had a better bike and then like crushed it on the run. And that, I remember that finishing that race and, my husband was working that day and just called him and I was like, I'm back. This is it. I'm doing it. This thing, everything went perfectly. So that, that feeling of like, Oh, I can do this, you know? And thank God I didn't like just give up on myself and quit. Otherwise I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I probably would still just be running road races. I like that the swim comes first because like you said to say, it's the worst thing um, when you're like, but it's the best thing when it goes right. When, when all of a sudden it clicks and you just swim and you just come out the water and you, and this, and for me, there's an endorphin hit that's just like, whoa, my God, so amazing. And that just carries me through the bike. Bike's not my favorite. And then all of a sudden I'm on the run. And then you're at the finish line. You're like, oh, my God, yes, yes. yes. So, I'm with so you. That was no, it, yeah. Right? yeah, I'm with you. Like that swim, that can make the difference, you know, getting out of the water and being like, yes, I did that. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like the bike's not my favorite either. You know, you have to have something high to get me through that, especially in an Ironman distance. 
112 miles, man. <laughs> That's all mm. mental right there. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And some people yeah. love cycling. Some people are like, oh, I just did a, just did a couple hundred K today. No, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, not for me. Yeah. Um, so, so okay. And then, and since then, I mean, you know, you you're hooked. Uh, yeah. What's it been like since since the hooking um, incident? Yeah, since the hook, that was in 2014. Um, I so that was a sprint triathlon, and then. I decided to bump it up to like the Olympic distance and uh, probably one year later in 2015 is when I did my first half Ironman. So the 70.3 in Galveston. And uh, I thought that's where it was going to end. I thought I'm just, you know, sprints are fun. They just are a little too short for me. I felt like I wanted something that gave me a bigger, longer workout for the day. That's kind of Mm. how I look at races. Um, Oh, what kind of workout am I going to get today during this race? You know, you're like, yeah, you can get great um, sprint distance exercises in or like 5Ks. But you, if I do a 5K, I'm, I'm going all out just mm-hmm. to get my heart, heart rate up high enough. Um, and I, I really thought it was just going to end in the, the 70.3 distance. You know, for anybody who's not an endurance athlete or they're not exposed to it, you see Ironman and what you and, – and this happens all the time probably with you too um, – you know, I'm at work and somebody will see like my jacket, you know, my Ironman jacket. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you did Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, OK, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. like to. However, no, <laughs> I'm not there. That's not, you know, that's amazing. Um, but, you know, for a lot of people, like the thought of Ironman is something that you just, oh, I'll never be able to do that, you know. Mm. And uh, that's kind of the mindset I always had was, oh, I'm, I'm not an Ironman. You know, I'm, I can do the half distance, but there's no way I could ever do a full. Um, that's for like the pros and that's for those elite athletes. And there pops up my husband again and he's like, no, you, you finish these 73s and you're not tired and you have energy to work out the next day. You can do an Ironman. No, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. So uh, one year for Mother's Day, he actually bought me a coach. <laughs> he's like, you're going to do it. I know you have it in you. Um, I'll get you a year training with the coach so he can prep you up. Cause I, I think for me, the biggest thing was, okay, so you're telling me I can do this. You've been right about everything else in my athletic career. I believe you. I don't mm. even know where to, I don't even know where to start with training for something like this. Like this is just overwhelming. You know, it's like you've got your own personal Tony Robbins. Just, you know, <laughs> you get home do. Work. like, what are we doing today, Tony? What, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's the man with the plan and he's, Whenever I start struggling with something, he's like, okay, let's look at your diet. What's your nutrition looking like? Oh, what's your supplementation? Like how much water have you drank this week? So, I mean, he should, he's a nurse he shouldn't be, he should be a coach, (laughs) you know? I mean, he takes his medical knowledge uh, and he like turns it and he researches stuff. So he's, he's amazing. (laughs) Maybe that's still to come. It sounds like he's already kind of practicing. Yeah. 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 I think I'm his little pet project. (laughs) He like, he, uh, he's the one who, uh, a, a lot of the things that I've accomplished in my career is because he's actually come up with, um, workout plans and track workouts and stuff like that for me. And I, I'll have a track workout and he's texting me while he's at work. He's like, so what were your splits? You know? Okay. So, yeah. He's, uh, he's good people. <laughs> what, a legend. what a legend. And so yeah. this year of coaching, did that see a big turnaround? So, yeah. Um, I actually, uh, the biggest thing for me was I needed the plan. I needed somebody to tell me these are the workouts you need to do on these days. This is the type of distance you need to get your body to. Um, so I, I did that 
um, let's see, starting, yeah, it's, they actually started up in June. And he had me register for a 73 in the fall just as um, practice. So in October, I had a 70.3 that he wanted me to race. And mind you, mm. like triathlons, I don't race. I do them for fun because I just feel like there's so much pressure for me personally, mentally, of racing an event. So I'll race road races, but I did not feel like I was a good enough athlete, like triathlete to actually race it. So it was like, I'm going to swim, but I want to make sure I have enough energy to bike and then I'll bike, but I want to make sure I have enough energy to like finish the run. And then I'm finishing these even short distance races, um, with still energy left over because I'm a runner. I'm not a triathlete, you know, like I, I, I don't know how to push my body this way. And so here for the first time, I had somebody who's saying, here is your race plan. I want you to do this in the swim. I want you to do this on the bike. And I had taped it to my handlebars. <laughs> you know, mm. this, is, this is the zone he needs me in. This is what he wants my power at, you know, my power meter. And, you know, at this time, this split, I should be at this time. And, uh, and then the run is usually something he just tells me, you know, try to maintain this pace. And it's in my head and locked down. And I, can, I know what my body can do on the run. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was actually pretty amazing to go into a um, – a 70.3 and race it and then be pretty like proud that I was able to shave off about an hour of my time Wow! by actually having a plan instead of never, you know, you just, Hey, let's wing it. (laughs) Mm. I like, I like to wing it. So, um, that, that was a huge confidence booster for me. Um, so then I felt like, okay, that was probably the first time even with having a coach that I thought I could do an Ironman because I, I raced it. I felt good when I finished. I didn't feel like I was going to die. I didn't want to cut my legs off. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is good. I'm good. So then I went, I rolled into November. My um, Ironman was in April. So rolled into no- November, like guns blazing. Let's do this. Give me all the mileage. Um, and then did my first Ironman distance in April of 2017. And uh, the goal for me was, and I hear, I told him, I don't want to be a one and done. Cause I've seen plenty of people do that. They do one race at a specific distance and say, I'm never doing that again. Cause they're miserable when they're done. Mm. And that was my big goal was I wanted this to be part of my lifestyle. I wanted it to be a part of who I was and not something that I had just accomplished once, you know? So we, we, uh, we finished and I did it in 1338. And, nice. um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I went to bed happy with that. I woke up the next morning and looked at my husband and said, I could do that again. And we're like, goal accomplished, <laughs> you know? So went in, that, rolled in from magic. there. Yeah. It's yeah. magic. And, and so I, I guess, uh, in a way, like, you know, coming from, um, you know, the volleyball or what should I do all of a sudden, all the way through, you've got that competitive, um, you know, aspect to what you do, but it does sound to me that you have had quite a big transformation from the start um, all the way to that point. Like, do you look at that and think like, whoa, what a turnaround? And not to say that you're unfit or anything to start with, but the Ironman distance, it's not small. No, it's not. Yeah. And I guess I never thought about it like that until now. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I'm just because I'm, I'm, I'm a natural born athlete. And so it's like, I've always just done something, but yeah, I mean, no, you're right. It's a, it's a, a really big deal. And, um, I've actually had a f- my best friend who's looked back and, you know, 
I've only known her for a couple of years, but it's fun to share things with her about who I was in the past. And I found like crazy pictures from when I did play, you know, college volleyball. And I mean, I was fit. I was in shape and just a different build because mm. I, I was a middle blocker. Um, and this is telling how old I am because I know volleyball has drastically changed over the years and the volleyball I played is not the volleyball now. Um, but I was a middle blocker where I did a lot of jumping, 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 jumping. And I also played like middle back, what is now, I guess, considered like the libero position. Um, but <clears throat> I have very, very, very muscular thighs from just like years of jumping and jumping and jumping. And so muscular thighs, muscular glutes just kind of looked a little squatty, but still tall. I'm five nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very, very built in my lower body. And to, she's like, you look so thin compared to then. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's all that's all triathlon even it wasn't even running because when I was running um those jumping you know the the hamstrings and glutes and quads that just I think that's why I became such a natural runner is I was kind of already built for it um but now like things have leaned out and I don't have the same booty I used to anymore that's gone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know my body's just shaped a little bit differently now um I now have like even though, you know, I was a middle blocker and a hitter, I had strong shoulders as a volleyball player, but nothing compared to what they're like now. Like, my back is just ripped. Um, That's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome because I, I, I'm at the gym, and I maybe lift weights once every two to three weeks. Um, in the off-season, I'll do it once a week, but during season, you know, once every two to three weeks, I'm in the gym lifting weights, and it never fails. Somebody comes up to me, and they'll ask me, oh, you know, can I get your back routine? And I'm like, oh, well, you're going to have to – get out of the gym and go to the pool. Exactly. So yeah, no big, big transformation. And uh, even I think mentally, I think that that's a huge factor in the sport, you know, the, the mental hurdle to, to get through that distance. That's, you know, I, I, I heard it a lot before going into it. Um, your body's physically capable, but it's whether or not your mind is going to let you do it because there's going to be so many times out and most specifically out on that bike that you're going to say to yourself, what am I doing? Like, you know, is this worth it? Like, can I finish? Do I quit? I mean, obviously I don't, but it, it crossed my mind. The very first Ironman was, you know, on that bike and in the winds that I'm, I was facing on that uh, freeway. I was just like, God, this is so what am I doing? Like, why would I do this to myself? You know, this is ridiculous. And then you snap out of it and you keep going, but I'm sure there's plenty of people that, um, maybe not as mentally strong and do quit, you know? Mm, mm, mm. Well, that's sure. true. That is true. And you know, then it's up to them whether or not they can, you know, mount back up and, and get back out there or that's is true. that then a defeat and then they go somewhere else and, and that's fine too. If it's not for you, it's not for you, yeah. but there Very is something true. nice about, about, uh, <clears throat> somewhat being unbreakable. Yeah. Um, but you know, like saying that, you know, you've, you obviously you've had that competitive thing. You've, your body's transformed. Um, you've got, you know, people approaching you at different places. Um, so it sounds like there are a lot of benefits, but like what, what other benefits, you know, from your perspective has being in endurance sports brought into your life? Benefit of endurance besides just being healthy. <laughs> well, that's a good, that, I mean, and I that's mean, a mega thing. Because yeah, you're probably eating right because you want to basically fuel your body right. Yeah. Um, sometimes the simplest things are the best. Yeah. It, um, that, I mean, it keeps me in line. It, it does actually allow me to probably eat not as healthy as I should be um, just because, like, 
I, I know I'm working it off and I'm, I'm not, I, I used to be very, it's funny. It's so bad. And please people don't do what I do to <laughs> do what your coach tells you to do. <laughs> but, um, I actually probably was a better eater before I became a triathlete in all honesty. Um, I was so super, you know, having been an athlete and like I said, I always had a coach who told me like, you can't eat that. You cannot eat that. You cannot eat that, that I was very strict on myself when I first, you know, first came out of college and it was, I still had that, you know, mental hurdle about very, this is, kind of a tender subject, I guess, and it's probably going to strike some people the wrong way, but um, probably a bad relationship with food because, you know, you've always been told what you should and should not do, and um, it can be unhealthy, and I know a lot of people struggle with that, so I don't want to say anything that's going to, you know, hit the wrong chord with somebody or make them upset, but um, I think finally going into triathlon where I started to actually feel strong and I felt good about myself and I was doing things I never thought I could do. Um, allowed me kind of break that relationship I used to have, um, where I don't have the guilt of eating things that probably aren't the healthiest. Um, but I remember, you know, I used to be very regimented with, I will eat, you know, salmon, a small piece, you know, a little bit of rice, um, but the vegetables. And if, you know, we ever went out to dinner and everybody's eating burgers and you're like, Oh, I want that burger, but I don't want to feel bad. And, you know, nobody should have to have that mental battle with themselves. Mm. And yeah. they add up over time, you know, like you don't need to feel bad because this is, you know, from your experience, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I think that what is, you know, remarkable about what you're sharing now that so many people would be able to have that line of thinking resonate with them and, and even myself personally. And I haven't really sort of stopped myself from eating a lot of the things, but there is still that yeah. guilt. You eat something and instead of just enjoying whatever it is and potentially working it off or whatever else. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you're not, you're not carrying the burger weight, right? So it's right, like right. obviously you can work it off, but, but at the same time, all those little guilts, every time you eat, every time you snack, that all adds up over time. That's mm -hmm. taking its toll on us. So it must yeah. feel incredibly freeing, I suppose. Exactly. To not have that. No, I'm, that's, that's the perfect word for it because it's now I eat what I want, you know, there are times when I'm too busy at work and I don't, I, I don't eat all day long cause I'm in the operating room all day long. Um, and I get home and I, you know, open the pantry and I'm like, sure, I'll eat, you know, I'll make myself a sandwich and chips. And then I'm like, Oh, girl scout cookies. <laughs> you know, I need the girl scout cookies. Mm. Um, and then it's like, okay, okay, I'm fine. I'm okay with that because I don't feel bad about it because, you know, like I just, and it's not so much the, I know I'm going to work it off. It's, I just, I've gotten so much more self-confidence in who I am, um, through triathlon and, and through running too, you know, just, I feel better about myself. And I also don't want to, I have a, a, a nine-year-old son and I, you know, and I know a lot of younger kids are dealing with things younger than what we had to deal with. Probably. I never mm. had issues with that when I was a kid, but I see it all the time now, you know, especially with social media with younger kids just always feeling bad about themselves because somebody's being ugly or somebody's saying, you know, what they should or should not do. So I don't want to portray that on him. So I want mm -hmm. him to have a healthy relationship with food too. So, um, luckily that, you know, that's, this has helped me get through that where, you know, I, I do still try to eat really healthy, but I'm going to have my days where it's, Ugh, it's all I can do. And, you know, I'm exhausted and sure. I'm going to go through the drive through and, you know, we'll get our chicken sandwich and French fries and then call it a day and, you know, try to do better the next day. You and know? enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. It, you know? 
Who cares? It tastes good. It tastes There's good. no rules. There's no rule book. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned the long hours um, in your in your working life. What One thing that I, I do find, you know, quite incredible is, you know, how you're actually able to fit it all in because between being a mum, being a wife, um, you know, being in that medical profession as a PA, mm-hmm. tell us like, you know, like how do you fit your work in and, and your workload in and <laughs> yeah it's fine my by my uh my first alarm goes off at 3 30 in the morning um mm. my second alarm goes off at four my third alarm goes off at 4 30 is if that snooze the... time you so to the snooze is, i have i have it's very specific 3 30 is for the day that i have a really long workout i need to get in before work um the four o'clock is you get up you get your coffee you still do a solid workout and you're doing good 4 30 is if you want coffee, you better get up now. Otherwise, you're working out without it. The five o'clock is you have no time for coffee. If you want to work out, you're doing it now. Otherwise, you're going to work and you're not working out today. Mm. So um, most of the time, um, I can get my workouts done at you know four o'clock in the morning. Um, sometimes I'll have longer workouts that I want to get everything done before I go to work. So I'll get up at 3.30 and take care of those. Um, Reason being, I have such, and it, it probably doesn't sound like it's a physically demanding job, but it is because I'm on my feet all day long. And come the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And the last thing I can do is go get in a swimming pool or put on tennis shoes and go for a run because my legs are so tired from just standing mm. all day long. Um, I'm a PA at MD Anderson Cancer Hospital in Houston. Um, so it's in the United States, the top rated cancer hospital in the country. Oh, wow. And we, um, yeah, we actually, we take a lot of patients from around the world too. So we have a lot of international patients that, that fly to us for their treatments. Um, but I'm in the operating room three days a week and I'm in clinic twice a week. And my operating room days are basically, I, I'm at the hospital by 6.30 in the morning and I'm leaving around 6 or 6.30 in the afternoon, in the evening. Whoa, whoa, it's <laughs> yeah, a big day. So it's a long, long day in the operating room, but, I mean, we're just, we're packed with, with patients, you know, and it's all these patients who need their cancer treated. And um, I actually specifically work for reconstructive plastic surgery, so we are repairing all the damage done by the surgical resections. So um, a female comes in with breast cancer, they have to have their mastectomy, um, and we're the ones following up after the mastectomy, trying to put them back together, whether it's, you know, mm. doing tissue expanders or there, we have very large surgeries where we're re- reconstructing a breast out of abdominal tissue or their back tissue, or there's, there's so wow. many different things we or a man comes in or a female comes in who's had cancer in their jaw. The surgeon cuts out their mandible and we cut their leg open we take out their fibula bone out of their leg and reconstruct their jaw with their fibula bone what? yeah it's crazy there's so many wild things we do but these are long long surgeries they're 10 12 hours at a time and uh so in addition to these you know we have got our own plastic surgery patients who've you know gone through one stage of reconstruction and they're teed up for the second stage of reconstruction sometimes their third stage of reconstruction and so we may be starting the day off with one of our patients, you know, doing a stage two breast reconstruction. And then the OR, you know, another operating room calls and says, Hey, we just, you know, cut off this guy's mandible. We need you guys to come reconstruct it. And then we hop over to that OR and do that next surgery. And so it's, it's an all day affair for us. Uh, Wow. We're in the operating room. I can't even take my mind (laughs) to that place. And and, and furthermore, like, you know, we joked earlier that 
um, when I heard about what you do, um, yeah. that I'd just be fainting. Like you, everyone <laughs> would just be stepping over me. So it's not for me. So thank you for what you do. But you know, that's yes. you have to be on point. You can't yes. go there and be like, well, I'm a bit tired. I'm, oh, whoopsies, Mm-mm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, I left the scissors in there. Or so. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, you, yeah, you yeah, no, to, no mistakes in that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Mm, that's a long yeah. time to be focused for. Does that translate, do you think, a little bit to your, you know, if you're on in an endurance event and you're doing 13 hours, it's kind of like it's a different type of focus, but you're still just having to be in the game for that length yeah. of time? So the biggest joke with my job um, is that, you know, some PA, we, I'm in a group of 25 plastic surgeons, 25 PAs, and um, They'll make, you know, if somebody's not scrubbed in at the moment, they go check on the other operating rooms. Does anybody need help? You know, do you need a break? Do you have to go potty? Do you need lunch? Um, so the big joke is during Ironman season, um, people, oh, you don't have to go check on Jackie. This is considered Ironman training. Don't worry about her. She'll be okay. <laughs> so um, it, it is <laughs> um, just being scrubbed in all day. I, I, I've literally been scrubbed in for 11 hours straight without taking a bathroom break, without water, without food, and I'm fine. I've been trained that way. I don't want people thinking like I'm doing this to myself because, you know, I'm a martyr. (laughs) No, Mm. it's just, I've, I've been a PA for 12 years now and, um, I've been in plastic surgery the entire time. So I'm used to the hours. My body's trained to, uh, I, I kind of joke with people now, I guess what's this, uh, the new fad for dieting is, um, where you don't, Fasting? Interme- intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've been intermittent fasting before that was a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's usually I work out in the morning. I get my coffee. I go to work. And then in the evenings is when I eat. It works for me. People would always tell me like, oh, that's not good for you. You need to eat more. But I'm like, hey, you know, my body responds to it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, working those hours, um, I think they complement each other, you know, uh, having, you know, these long training rides and runs. Um, I'm able to be in the operating room without needing a break and without needing extra help. Um, not that I would ever turn it down if somebody really wanted to come in and help. Absolutely. Let's get this patient off the operating table sooner than, Mm. you know, later Mm. I'll take Mm. it for sure. But definitely, um, I do have, I think really good clarity and focus during my cases that I also have during my training and during races. Um, and I think I actually have better days on the days when I actually do am able to get my full workout in. And there's days obviously when I wake up and I'm tired and I'm like, no, sleep is definitely more important today than working out. Mm. And, um, that definitely translates into, to work where I'll wake up and, you know, I may just feel more sluggish, you know, when I don't get my workout in, but yeah. Well, that's intriguing yeah. too, isn't it? Because you can imagine that there's people out there thinking, well, there's no way if I'm doing a 12-hour day or whatever length of day someone's doing, do mm-hmm. I want to go and fit these workouts in? Yet, you know, you're having the discipline to have this, I love the staged approach for different yeah. mornings, different, mean different things. I, I yes. also um, do a similar thing, not to do with training, but um, often the the podcast might be uh, me, you know, doing that at, at 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning um, yeah. and I'll have alarms set, you know, for different times. Do I want to have a coffee before this podcast? It's a mm-hmm. completely different thing to what you're doing. But no, that's all. Yeah. What I like is that you could very well have just said, no, that's my sleep time. I work these big hours. It can't be done and it doesn't happen. 
Um, yet when that alarm goes off at 3.30 and you roll it out of bed and, and get your coffee, uh, mm-hmm. others can take inspiration from that because usually that's just dead time. Like you, everyone else is asleep. Everyone in the neighborhood's probably asleep. If you're wondering how to fit something in, the hours between 3.30 and 6.30 that's a golden That's, little block of time. It is. It's it's exactly right. And um, I do hear that a lot from people. They're, oh, well, how do you find the time? I'm like, well, I've, I make the time, you know, I, I actually go to bed earlier and I'm, I, I'm not one of these and people say, oh, let's meet up for dinner. Well, what time are you eating dinner? Cause I'm in bed at eight, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or eight 30 is when I'm asleep. Um, but it's because this is what I want to do. You know, this is what I enjoy. And you know, I, I like training, you know, when people say like, Oh, what are you doing on this week? And I'm like, Oh, I'm really excited. I have a 15 mile run, you know, what? And like people, that's, yeah, people are like exercise. Yeah. No, but what are you doing no, for fun? For fun. I'm I... like, but I actually like it. That's the thing mm-hmm. is I enjoy it. And so it's not a hassle to me and it's not like, Oh, I have to get up and I have to work out. Like we, we do this like, hey, what was the best part of your day, you know, over dinner with my husband and my son? And, you know, I'll have days where I've just had a really rough day at work and I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, work was great today. I'm like, no, my best part of my day was working out, <laughs> you know, mm. and, and sometimes it really is, you know, the, the best part of my day is like just getting a really, really good, good sweat. And it, it always just jump starts my day. I feel better. You know, I feel like I can do more. Um, and then come like, six o'clock in the evening. I'm like, wow, look at all the things that I accomplished today. You know, mm, even mm. on my days off, like, I mean, I slept in a little today, um, just cause I did not physically have to get up because I am off work today. Um, but I slept until five, <laughs> you know? And so it wasn't, that's your sleeping and still <laughs> half the neighborhood in. is asleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. I got up and I, I still got my coffee and then I got on my trainer, got on the bike for an hour and took my son to school. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to finish my workout. I'm going to run to the gym and lift weights, you know? I like so, it. Yeah. And so you've, you've men- mentioned a few times and it's clear that you have um, like a very strong mindset. W- what do you think makes up a successful mindset? Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't even know if I know how to answer that question. Um, I mean, I guess having, you know, you have to have a positive attitude. It's, it's hard for me to say that because I can sometimes be a negative person. Um, but I will say that on days, even if you don't believe it, like fake it till you make it, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you don't always believe what is going on in your, you know, what, you know, logically you should be telling yourself. And if those are the days that are, are rough and, you know, just, just verbalize it. This is going to be a great workout. You know, I'm going to get through this. This is going to be a great, an amazing race. Even if, you know, you're stepping out and it's raining. Oh, this is great. I get to run in the rain today. I don't know if I've ever done that before. You know, it's, you know, you have to, you have to make it what you want it to be. And you have to have that mindset to be able to, to tell yourself, um, you know, you're able to do great things. And, I'm I'm really not the best at that, obviously, because I've told you how many times during this, you know, this talk that my husband's the one behind me pushing me and telling me, you know, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Um, and sometimes, I'll be honest, like it's his voice I hear a lot of the times. You know, I do, I hear him saying, you know, this is something you can achieve, you can do it. And um, even when it's something small, like when I first started running marathons and he told me, oh, you can run a sub four hour marathon. I'm like, no, no, I can't. Yeah, you can. And, 
okay, let's, you know, I, I just, I repeat his voice in my head over and over and over. And then you, you, you say it to yourself until you believe it. Um, this my is friend. really real. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> like. Well, what I love about this is, you know, uh, my own mind. I'm sure people listening that we do go through that. It, it's not some like oh, and maybe there are people that are just you know. And I speak to some that you know seem to be dialed in, and it's just positive. And I'm super positive, but there is yeah. still whilst I'm, I could be in an event or on the treadmill or out for a run or doing whatever, there's still that little voice that can creep up and go, what are you doing? You don't want to do this. And that little negative, you're like, hey, where's that? Hey, where's that coming from? And so life is a bit of a battle between that um, that negative mindset that pops up and the positive mindset, they fight. And how do you then just, it seems to me you just get back in the game, whether you're drawing inspiration Mm -hmm. from your husband, you just jump on the trainer, you're verbalizing and saying, this is going to be great. I'm faking it till I make it. But you just kind of like, instead of just being automatic and letting the negative voice win, it sounds to me like you're saying, no, I'm going to pop this one in manual. And yes, we're being positive right now. Let's do it. For sure. I mean, definitely I have days when I wake up and I'm like, today's a great day. (laughs) You're like, the Mm -hmm. sun is shining. There's blue skies. It's going to be an awesome run. And there's days that I'm just like, I want, I really, 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 really want to be positive, but I don't feel good. And I have a bad feeling about this and like how you get yourself out of it. I mean, you, you have to want it. And that's the thing is if, if you don't 100% want it, you're not going to get there because that negative self doubt will come out and that self doubt will win. So you, I think I really, really believe that you have to truly want your goal, um, for yourself, because a lot of people will do things because they've seen somebody else do it and they want to prove to someone else they can do it. Or I'm not going to let her be the only one to do that. I want to do it too. You know, Mm. if you want it for yourself that I think that's how you're able to get it. That's how you can dig deep and that's how you can reach and like really pull it out. Because I mean, I, was running um, the, the Houston Marathon this past January, and here I have my husband. This is one of my highs. Um, I actually qualified for the Boston Marathon, which is like kind of a big deal, um, especially for like marathon runners. Mm. Um, but this was something that in, had always been in the back of my head of like, oh, I would love to run the Boston Marathon, but they have really stringent cutoff times, and the, you know, I just I don't think I can ever do this. Um, and my husband, again, <laughs> mm. was like, Jackie, you can do this. Like, I've seen how well you've been progressing these last two years, and you are fast. You're hitting the podium in every single race you've done. And I'd gone from age group podium qualifier for my road races to now I'm in the top three overall um, in, like, 10Ks, half marathons. <clears throat> I was just, like, chipping away at it for, like, two years straight and just top three, top three, top three. He's like, you have it in you to qualify for Boston. And then here I am again, the self-doubt with – I may tell him, yeah, yeah, you're right. But in the back of my head, I'm like, you can't do that. Like, that's way too fast. Like, look at the qualifying times. Like, that's not, you know, you're not fast enough for that. Um, so he's, no, you can do it. We're going to stick to a game plan and we're going to train. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then here it comes down to race day, you know, and I'm at the start line. And I'm, I can usually tell when I'm going to have a good race or when I'm going to have a good result because I literally feel like I'm going to start throwing up before the race has even started. Mm. And I'm just like shaking and like, I'm just nervous, 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 nervous. And it's not because I wanted to prove to him that I could do it. It's because deep, deep down, this is something that I had always wanted ever since I had started Mm. running. It always been like a pipe dream for me that it, 
this is something, but it was like deep, deep down inside of me that like, God, I just really want this for myself. Like, this is something that I had always wanted as a runner. You know, it's, it's always been like, I think every runner probably goes into and whether or not they want to admit it to themselves or admit it, you know, to other people, Boston is on most people's, you know, wish list or dream list of things that they want to be able to, you know, get to. And, yeah, I think um, I even I think I even saw Dave Goggins um, something he was posting or in his audio book he was talking about like the fact that he was able to qualify for the Boston Marathon from memory yeah. I could be wrong but it, mm-hmm. from what I remember it was like he was excited about <laughs> the idea and, and this guy's do you know all of what he's accomplished as well so it, it obviously yeah. must be a pretty big thing. It, yeah, it's uh so this year actually I had had started training at a very specific pace and time of doing the marathon. I think I had. Um, 340 was when I needed to 340 to qualify. But the way Boston works is you usually have to be five minutes faster to actually get entry into the race just because Mm. so many people are trying to do it. So for my age group, it was 340, but I had to get 335 to be able to, to actually apply for the race. Um, and then like two months into my training, Boston sends out a big notice that they're changing the qualifying times. Now you have to be faster. Oh wow. So that was devastating because I had spent like six months of my racing and, you know, kind of training leading up to this, of this is my goal. This is my goal. So I'd been doing my long runs at a very specific pace and I was having great runs. I'd come home Saturday morning and I'm like, I had a great run. I held it. I'm good. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to, oh my gosh, now I have to have a 335, but an actual 330 to race. How did we go from me needing a 340 to a 330? This mm. is impossible. And here's my husband. That's not impossible. You can do that. Like, let's look at your splits again. Um, so I get the feeling that he, he's, he's outside. You know, I imagine like, it, you know, if Hussein Bolt, you know, the sprinter. Yes, like if, yes. if his wife was there and he's like, you know, he's going home. He's like, yo, I'm not going to try and do a Jamaican accent. I just tried that to work. <laughs> he, he's at home and he's saying to his wife, look, I don't know. I, you know, I just don't know that I can. And his wife just must just be sitting there looking at him like, you know, but no, but you can. And like, a, but you, you, you win all these races, you, you're probably going to be the world record holder one day. It, it must be, yeah. it sounds to me from your husband's perspective, he's just looking at you. Every time you dad, he's like, please don't. I'm sure don't. at some point, yeah, he's going to roll his eyes and be like, I am so sick of this game. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's not me seeking attention. It's, it's legitimately like my fears inside of me and my own self-doubt. Um, really, but yeah, man. Is- yeah, race day came down and I, I, saw a guy that um and Houston's big the Houston Marathon's like 20,000 people 20 22,000 to I think it's 20 to 22,000 people that race it mm. and um randomly a guy that I know from the same sur- suburb outside of Houston of me is like standing right in front of me and I know he's fast and I was pretty sure he qualified for Boston and the the male qualifying times are more stringent than the females by like five or ten minutes mm. so like I, ta- I was like oh I'm gonna stand behind him I'm going to, I'm going to run with him. <laughs> he actually turned around and was like, Oh, Hey Jackie. I was like, mm. Hey, do like, you want to run with me? And I was like, yeah, if I can try to, <laughs> but yeah, I, I held on with him. He's a fast guy. I held on for about half, half the race. And then he took off and I, I dropped off, but I wanted it and it was hurting and you know, it didn't feel good. Um, the minute I realized I was going to do it, I literally choked up. And my eyes filled with tears and I'm wearing sunglasses and a hat, thank God, because I probably was making some crazy face underneath that. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember just like choking up and being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. And then quickly I snapped out of it and it was like, you cannot waste energy on tears. 
Yes. Tighten up, Johnson. <laughs> Tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and uh, my husband also ran the, the marathon. We don't run together. We, that's, we're not that couple. We can't do that. That's not us. Um, mm-hmm. But he was running the marathon too. And I remember just like sprinting towards the finish and stopping and then looking around and realizing I had nobody to share this with. Uh, I was like, right. there's nobody here that I can like, I want to cry from like excitement. I'm so excited right now. And I was like, and there's no one. <laughs> but when he finally finished, he finished an hour after me. I was like, the, I was at the finish line waiting for him. And I was like, and he looked at me and his eyes got big and he's like, he pointed. He's like, did you? And I was like, I did. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and he's like, no. I knew it. I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> and then the next thing he wanted to know is where we we're going to eat when we went to Boston. <laughs> no, but, no. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know how I got off on that rant. I had, oh, because I wanted it. That's where that came mm-hmm. from. Like, I, this is something I desperately wanted. And when your legs are hurting and your lungs are burning and it just, you, you know, like it, it's come, it's going to come out, you know? And that's what I, I kept thinking. It was like, you want this so bad. You want this so bad. Like, this is something that you've been thinking about since you first started running back in like 2007. This is something that's been on your mind, but I've never raced a marathon. I've raced a 10 K a half marathon, a five K, but I've never actually gone into a marathon and full on raced it. And I'm happy to say it. I gave myself enough cushion. My qualifying time was a 3:35, a 3:30 to be able to run it, and I did it in 3:24. So I had nice. enough cushion. <laughs> so nice. come September, when the Boston Marathon registration opens up, I will be able to register and feel confident that I will have secured a spot to run. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. good luck for the event. Thanks. And and I've I've <clears throat> been been watching. Um, you know, you holding a little 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 trophies. That sounds doesn't sound right. But you've been holding trophies <laughs> and, and medallions and stuff on on your social yeah. media feed. But you've also I've seen like some cool um cool you know outfits that you've that you've got. Yeah. So it seems to be that you're working with a, a few brands at the moment that you, that you seem to love. So could you tell us a bit about them? Sure. Yeah. Um. So I've actually never been an ambassador for any company before. Um. But I know some people in the tri community that do it. Um, and so I thought to myself, like, you know, these registration, these emails go out. If you follow different brands on social media, they'll say, you know, po- they're posting out, hey, we're now accepting applications to be a brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. So I thought back as all these are flooding my feed of like who I wanted to even attempt to be an ambassador for, you know, knowing that there's a lot that goes into the application process. Um, and so Team Zoot was one that I definitely was um, the only triathlon-based group that I actually applied for and um, was lucky enough to be accepted into. Um, so I think everybody who's in triathlon knows the, the Zoot brand. Um, and that's strictly because I love their outfits. I love their, you know, their kits. They're comfortable. They're uh, my favorite brand for triathlon gear. They're super comfortable. Just you can sweat and sweat and sweat and sweat. Quick drying, and they have awesome patterns. Great, great colors, and you just feel good in their clothes. Mm. Um, so that was the first one I um, I was I went for, and I was actually shocked whenever they were like, "Yes, be a part of Team Zoot." I was like, "Whoa, why? Why me?" <laughs> you know, like I'm not pro status. I'm not in this level, but um, you know, hey, I'll take it. Mm. Um, that was one brand. Um, then the Boko gear, um, what I really like, and uh, mind you, these brands that I am ambassador for, I've 
been using their products for years. And so it wasn't some willy nilly, I'm just going to apply for this because, Hey, I want to say I'm an ambassador. Mm -hmm. Um, Boco gear, um, their technical trucker is my favorite hat ever. And, um, I'm kind of one of these like nostalgic throwback kind of people. Like I love the looks of like things from like the seventies and eighties, you know? So, um, Boco, when they, um, came out with their technical truckers, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Cause I love trucker hats. Um, Me too. but yeah, but they're not comfortable. Like normal everyday trucker hats aren't comfortable to work out in, you know, mm. they like scratch your forehead or, you know, mm-hmm. something's really itchy about it. Um, but Boco has an awesome technical trucker, um, that I've been wearing for years. And so when this came out that you can actually be an ambassador, I was like, yes, I want to do that. Um, because I wear it already, you know, and I use their visors, but that, that trucker hat's my, my favorite look. Um, and I've worn it in my Ironman distance, um, triathlons. I've done half Ironman distance and marathons. I always wear these. If you look at any of my race photos, I'm always wearing a technical trucker. Um, so that Mm. just made sense that when they opened up their application process, I jumped on that one because I just love those hats so much. Um, and then the last one is, Sarah Marie Design Studio. Um, so she is a really cool story in that she is a mom who started um, making like really kind of catchy, fun t-shirts, tank tops um, out of her house and um, turned it into a business. And it's, it's mm. awesome, you know, to be able to do something like that. But I don't know if you've ever seen the shirts that will say something like, drink all the coffee, run all the miles. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's her, her company. Um, and so these, these are again, tank tops and t-shirts. The very first t- uh, tank of hers I ever got was a, a tank top that said, feed me and tell me I'm pretty fast. So it was kind okay. of a play off of, um, I, I had always seen like, Oh, feed me and tell me I'm pretty. But I'm like, no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear I'm pretty. I need to hear I'm pretty fast. Yes, <laughs> so I had like seen that at a race and I was like, Oh, I, I dig it. I dig it. And so like I Googled the, the tank top and found it and then found her website and I was like, Oh, she's got some awesome stuff. Um, so this is actually her first year to actually be large enough to be able to support ambassadors because she's still kind of, um, now I feel like she's a big deal, but when I first found her, she was still trying to get her company off the ground. So, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I was really excited to try to help her out and expand her, her brand. I think, um, Lucy Charles is now wearing a lot of her stuff too. Um, so I'm sure that's definitely like helping her out a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and now she's in, you know, runner's world magazine and health magazine. So a lot of her stuff, she's got some really, really cute stuff, um, men and, and women too alike. So it's not just female, female gear, but she has a lot of, um, men inspired stuff too and family, family stuff. So yeah, those are the, the, my, my top three brands. I like, I wouldn't mind getting one of these, uh, technical trucker hats. Yeah. Is I wear truck hats everywhere, mainly because I'm bald. Uh, but right, <laughs> have you ever worn a Boko hat? No. Have you ever? No. Uh, pick one out. Let me know. I'll get it for you, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll buy it for you, and I'll send it to you. Oh Go gosh. on their website. Tell me which very, one you like. Very, yeah. Very kind of you. I certainly appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll I'll give that a crack. Give this uh, technical trucker a hat uh, yeah. a go. But uh, so it's been awesome chatting. But I I am wondering, like, for people that are sitting at home on the couch, uh, they might just be coming off the volleyball court, thinking, oh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go pro. Whatever it might be, right? Uh, right. What are what are three tips that you might, or a few tips you might give? Um, people that are just getting into endurance activities? Yeah, so um, I really 
if it's something that interests you, I just want you to give it a shot. Don't be intimidated um, because I'm sure when you go to races or if you go to group rides and you see people who have been doing this for years on end, it, it can be intimidating. I get it because I was that same way where I didn't join training groups. I didn't join any tri-local groups just because I didn't, I didn't know anything about the sport. Like I want people to know this is a very inclusive sport and <clears throat> maybe just so in, in my area, I feel like it's, it's just becoming popular. I'm sure it's probably a lot more popular where you're at. Um, but it, it can be an intimidating thing to get into. Um, but just give it a shot, you know, try and if things don't go your way, don't quit because mm. I'm the perfect example of that. Um, having gone years and years and years of failing at races and failing at races and failing at races and then just like giving like a fourth shot and it, it's it clicking at some point it's going to click. And I don't know if I've met anybody yet who they haven't had that click moment and it may be a slow process. It may not happen right away if you're one of the lucky people that you take to the sport and it loves you back, then that's awesome. You don't have to go through that struggle. Um, but sometimes the struggle is the beauty, you know, because mm. you, you learn a lot about yourself in that struggle. So yeah, give it a shot, stick with it. Um, reach out to other people because I, I've found as intimidating as it is looking in from the outside that most people who are doing this for are purely doing it out of the love and they want other people to enjoy it as well. And so I know if I happen to be at the pool or if I'm at a group ride and somebody wants to come up and talk to me or, you know, like I'm very inclusive and I, I want other people to enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. And so join even social media groups, you know, I know women for try is one for women. Um, like every city I'm sure has their own, facebook or instagram page where they're mm -hmm. you know talking about meetups and stuff like that and giving each other tips and pointers um maybe even just starting by it's fine to join a, a group and just stalk from the outside <laughs> you know get to yeah. see you know everybody's tips and what they're doing and you know go from there i like it i like yeah. it and so if people are you know wanting to follow you on your journey where might they um you know social media handles or if you've got any websites or anything like that yeah so uh, my biggest social media account is going to be on instagram and it is at j johnson alviza so j j o h n s o n When I did this, it was years ago before I really got into uh, triathlon. But I try to feature uh, the working mom struggle. So what it's like, what my workouts are like. And sometimes uh, on days when I'm not able to, you know, get to do my workout, then I try to feature something or a little piece of what my work life is like. So mm -hmm. um, I, I try to show other working moms what it's like or moms in general, or even dads, because I've had dads reach out and be like, hey, you know, like I have a really rough job too. And it's so great to see, you know, that, you know, parents in general can can still train for Ironman and balance life. So yeah, I so like that's I, I'm, my uh, my Facebook's also a public account, Jackie Johnson Alviza. But those are Instagrams probably where I live. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm I love it. I love it. And and it is the Instagram um, 
posts that really have have inspired me a lot that I've that I've been seeing what you're able to accomplish. Um, you know, you're you seem to be always training, and then the next thing there you are in scrubs or whatever they're yeah. called. Uh, yes. And it does just go to show just what you are able to accomplish. So, look, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, Jackie, to to have a chat today. Um, it certainly is inspiring, and I know that many of the listeners will be finding the same. I'm sure all will be finding the same. So, so thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a really good time. I appreciate it.